Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for uh, all the likes, sharing, the everything. Thank you for suggestions. It's all appreciated. Well, what do you think? Like, Well, we can't even just leave it at that. We have to say something. This was our best month we've ever had for download, y'all. I'm going to oh, yeah. say it. I don't oh, even yeah. care. Oh, yeah. He's right. Uh, yeah, I agree. It was our best month ever. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, we've cho- shown like consistent growth, and whether or not, I mean, we're we're getting out to more people. We're covering these cases that maybe people haven't heard of. So that's really important to have more eyes on the case. And I, I think it's been fun doing it. I've had a oh, lot yeah. of fun. I agree with them. Yeah, if you look at the graph, it's just a huge spike Heck from yeah. our previous high point to now. So thank y'all. It's great. So thank you guys so much. I can only apologize for my voice so many times. So I guess I guess they finally forgave me. I guess so. <laughs> because <laughs> or maybe mom and I just improve it enough where it's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's it. They just tune me out every time. They just like turn off the volume or whatever. Will's talking. <laughs> They're like, oh, shut up. They, yeah, we they know it's it going to be at least five minutes. They're like, what? just a little tangent. But I will say before we get started, Rhonda, because Rhonda, I know you're doing a case today. We were talking about like, how can we reinvigorate this podcast? Do you think, you think there's anything else? Like, Thomas, do you have any ideas? Anything like that? Nothing off the top of my head. This is something we just kind of need to think about and work on yeah brainstorm had, and then just move on exactly we had talked about maybe getting some kind of email address set up or doing something like that or trying to get better at the instagram i'm terrible at social media i don't know about Rhonda. Rhonda could be the best social media person ever and i just don't know it but uh no i'm not <laughs> but i have had fun doing it so if y'all have any ideas just comment on uh, the podcast or on instagram and let us know well no i think we did get a comment someone suggested we get a facebook page. yes facebook yes, is, is the hard we will, thing we will work on that very soon yes yeah. so facebook facebook is probably the first thing we need to worry about doing then yes okay i can get behind that all right so you ready to start this episode i'm ready let's do it okay today's episode is about three young girls who went missing in connecticut between 1968 and 1974 oh wow uh deborah lee spickler was the first of the three to disappear. Now, Debbie was 13 years old at the time. She lived in Mystic, Connecticut, but she was visiting her aunt and uncle in Vernon, Connecticut. Deborah and one of her cousins was walking to the swimming pool at Henry Park on July 24, 1968. Uh, the girls realized they'd forgotten their towels. So Deborah's cousin goes back to the house, and when Deborah's cousin catches back up to where Deborah should have been, yeah, she's not there. Oh, according to portal.ct.gov. GOV or gov she was last seen walking alone in the direction of the henry park swimming pool doe network provides a little more detail stating that deborah was walking from and i think i've got this correct one half fox hill drive Mm -hmm. toward henry park's swimming pool about 3 45 p.m on july 24th and i found no suspects named in deborah's case so that's it that just basically that's all we know Essentially, I, I suppose, Rhonda? That's it. Oh, my gosh. She disappeared, 13 years old, gone. And then uh, we just talked about, like, how many cases and how many, uh, like, especially with, like, what, Sherry Marler and all that, like, people just go, like, they're on their way to do, like, some innocuous thing, like, oh, I'm going to the pool, I'm going to go get a drink at the service station, and then they're just gone. Like, you don't ever think that someone's going to go missing like that. And no, you definitely don't. No, no, you don't. And, and no... Nothing, no Mm -mm. evidence of anything. Like I said, no suspects. Mm -mm. So, yeah, like I said, she's the first of three. First of three. Number Mm. two, 
Janice Catherine Pocket. Okay, so she's the second to go missing. She disappeared July 26, 1973. Janice lived in Tol. Toland, I hope I'm saying this correctly, T-O-L-L-A-N-D, Connecticut. Mm, that sounds right. Uh, and it's about nine miles from Vernon. Oh, so, wow. So they're very close to each other. They are other. very close. Janice had caught a butterfly in the neighborhood a few days earlier and was riding her bike, a metallic green Murray bike with a, with a bell and a banana seat, back to the location. Uh, she had placed the butterfly either under a rock or on top of a rock yeah. with the intention of going back to get it. And she planned on placing the butterfly in an envelope and returning home. And she had the envelope with her when oh, she left home. Okay. So she, something that like a whole bunch of kids I'm sure would be doing at that age. Oh yeah. Uh, this was the first time Janice was allowed to go away from home alone mm-hmm. and she was seven years old. Oh wow. She's a baby. Yeah. She was really young. But yeah. like you said, the typical thing that someone that age would be doing out yeah. on their bike Riding around, I mean, know, just enjoying the day. I used to do that, and I was never much of an avid bike rider, but I mean, I would ride in my neighborhood all the time. I think most kids do. Yeah. According to Charlie Project, 30 minutes later, Janice's mother found her bike on Rhodes Road, R-H-O-A-D-E-S. And I'm sorry I'm spelling all this stuff out, <laughs> but just in case I'm mispronouncing this. Yeah, no. And just in case somebody needs to know. Yeah, if they, if they want to look anything up, so exactly. they'll have the correct spelling. Uh this was near a wooded area less than a mile from her home. No. Now, according to Doe Network, Janice's bike was found about six days later. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a discrepancy. And I tried to find some newspaper articles, but I, I couldn't find anything that far back mm-hmm. that related to this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, authorities think that she actually found the butterfly and was on her way home when she disappeared. Oh, so close to home, too. Yeah. Uh, convicted murderer Charles Pierce, a pedophile, who was suspected in the disappearance of several children in New England during the 1950s and into the 1970s, Oh wow. actually confessed to killing Janice. Mm. He claimed to have buried her and another victim in the uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts area, but the graves have not been found, and Pierce died in prison in 1999. He was never charged in Janice's case. Well, I, we've heard things, too, about, like, you know, maybe they make up you know what cases they're involved in sometimes or whatever but still like why not give that information up if you're already serving like however long of a sentence he was you know yeah i don't i don't know and i believe i had read somewhere that he had confessed and then he recanted of course which you know we've seen several times Mm -hmm. people you know for whatever reason trying to you know i'll cut you a deal if i tell you where she is and you know if I can get a lower sentence or go out for a little bit. Yeah. 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 If you can let me out, I'll show you where she is. Exactly. That kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. So number three, Lisa Joy White went missing from Vernon, Connecticut on November 1st, 1974. Uh, Lisa had been arrested the night before for underage drinking and her parents had grounded her, Mm -hmm. which is fairly typical. Yeah. Uh, Lisa was 13, and she snuck out of their ho- her house when her mother left for work at 4.30 p.m. Mm. She got into a friend's house in Rockville, Connecticut, which is just a couple of miles away from uh, Vernon, and may even actually be a suburb of Vernon. I'm not really sure, but it's mm-hmm. very close. Mm-hmm. She started walking back home at 7.30, according to Doe Network, trying to get home before her mother got home. Yeah, as you try to. I think everybody's been there. Thomas, did you do that to Rhonda? No, I didn't. I really didn't. Uh, so he was no. a good boy. He was a good boy. No, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't in I trouble. I didn't do crazy stuff. No. She left a note for her mother saying she was in love with an older boy oh. and, quote, you think I'm a little girl, but I'm not. You are a little girl. Yeah. Lisa's sister said 
Lisa associated with older boys and some men. And at first, police thought she'd run away, but foul play is now suspected. And again, I could find no suspects named in Lisa's case. And if, if you didn't catch it, uh, I believe I had said that she was 13. Yeah, 13. So, I mean, it is like an because there was one that was seven, one that was 13, and then two 13s. Two 13s. Okay. Yeah, two 13 year olds. Okay. Okay. The Tolan County Cold Case Squad was established October 2014 to investigate the disappearance of Deborah, Janice, and Lisa. Mm-hmm. The squad is made up of representatives of the Connecticut State Police. Vernon Police Department, and the Office of the State's Attorney for the Judicial District of Tolan. Try to say that. Yeah, <laughs> try to say that oh, five times fast. <laughs> just take your time and work through the <clears throat> I know, I know. Sorry about that. My throat is really, I'm really hoarse. Well, they're, so I'm assuming, like, they turn these all over to the same cold case unit, so I guess they are kind of thinking that maybe these cases are linked a little bit, maybe? Potentially? Potentially. Okay. Uh, according to portal.ct.gov, link to the cold case squad, $50,000 reward is being offered in each of the three cases for information leading to an arrest and conviction. Yeah. So they're they're trying to keep visibility out there on all three of these of cases. Of course. All right. Now, at the start of this episode, I said this was about three missing girls. Yes. Okay. Now, as I researched, I found more than just missing persons. Hmm. Rhonda, I'm telling you. Rhonda right. always I'm finds, intrigued right now. I know. She always finds like stuff in her research, and I'm like, I think it's going to some one way, and Rhonda like, throws a, a wrench in it and goes in a whole other way. Well, I'm not sure I'm going a whole other way. Yeah, but we kind of can see. But like, also, I mean, you always find interesting facts here. Oh, yeah. They're interesting. I'm, I'm glad we do this podcast just to put this stuff out there. Yeah, especially because, you know, who would know this information unless we did it? Yeah. Lisa LaRosa disappeared on June 22nd, 1975 from Vernon, Connecticut. Gosh, all these Vernons. Yes. Susan's husband, Robert, reported her missing. Yeah. Uh, He last saw her walking toward Rockville, which again is about, I think I may have mentioned that. Well, maybe not. Maybe this is the first time I've mentioned Rockville. And it's about four miles from Vernon. Okay. Yeah. That sounds new to me. Uh, Susan's remains were found three years later by loggers just south of I-84 in Vernon. Okay. A medical examiner determined her skull had been fractured. Mm-hmm. 1975 homicide revisited article in the Hartford Current by Jesse Hamilton, published November 1st, 2002, provides an update. At that time, 27 years after Susan was killed, police were searching the apartment Susan and her family had lived in prior to her disappearance. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the article, the apartment was relatively unchanged and had not been searched in during the initial investigation. Oh, really? I wonder why. Hmm. I don't know. In two, well, here we go. In 2002, sections of the flooring were removed and sent to the state police forensic lab for DNA testing. Now, at that time, Susan's husband, Robert, said he would have let them search back in 1978, but no one asked to search the apartment. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, like, yeah, you would think that would be something that they would search, especially if they didn't have an idea of where she went. You would think you would think he would definitely have been on the radar exactly. as, as someone to check out, and they would have thought of the apartment, um, but maybe not. I mean, maybe they just questioned him. Yeah, maybe they and, thought that was it. Yeah, and just you know, he appeared to you know he. There's no suspect in this case. Yeah. by the way, like the others, so I assume they cleared him pretty quickly. Yeah, and I would just assume. Thought well, if he's not one of our suspects, then why even bother to? Check yeah, the why apartment? even waste any more time? And, and that article did mention that there are uh, there's a twenty thousand dollar reward for information leading to a conviction. Okay, that's a lot. Shoot, I'm telling you, like, so do they think that? 
I think I asked this earlier and everything. Do they, in your opinion, Rhonda, well, I mean, I don't know, but like, do you think that these are linked potentially? Like we have no suspect in each of these cases. Are they thinking or have you ever heard or come across anything to maybe they think it's the same person like perpetrating these, you know, missing cases or anything like that? That's speculation, but I don't think there's anything concrete about that. Doesn't that make you mad? It just, it looks that way, but it's not anywhere confirmed I, I really didn't see it i mean like i said all of these except for the one who had someone confess there's no suspects yeah or at and, least and, not okay. that i've seen i could definitely see it though and i'm sure the redditors of the world are speculating online enough for us anyway but i can see where you know people probably get on the tangent like oh yeah like i could see where these cases may be linked people just want an answer like that's the thing like you'll look for an answer anywhere i feel like if you look long enough well and i have more oh Rhonda, let's do it Okay. Uh, Patricia Luce, L-U-C-E, disappeared July 18th, 1978 from Rockville, Connecticut. Gosh, right down the street from Vernon. (laughs) One of her brothers had dropped her off at a local 7-Eleven on Route 83 near her home. Mm -hmm. Patricia's remains were found several months later on March 13th, 1979. The state's chief medical examiner determined Patricia had died from blunt force, which had caused multiple skull fractures. Oh, wow. Police taking new look at Vernon Slaying case, Hartford Current article by Mark Spencer, published March 29, 1997, provides an update. At that time, police reopened the then 18-year-old case. Advances in DNA testing could prove could possibly provide some additional information. Yeah. Now, according to the article, physical evidence had been sent to the State Police Forensic Laboratory in Meriden, M-E-R-I-D-E-N, no detail was provided on the type of physical evidence yeah. in the article. I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And I found no further updates. At that time, a $20,000 reward was still available to anyone providing information that leads to an arrest and conviction in the case. So the same thing that was in uh, the uh, the earlier case that I mentioned, uh, Susan LaRosa. Okay. And both of the murders were actually from blunt force trauma as well, right? Because they both found skull fractures on the women? Yes. Okay. Okay, so that's another similarity. I don't know. Whenever I just see all these, you don't think that all those missing people would go missing in the same spot. That that whenever I see that, I'm always like, oh, that sounds kind of nefarious. I mean, one missing person is nefarious enough, but how many are we at now? Like five or six? Well, we have three missing and we have two murders. <sighs> five too many, as as a matter of fact. Yeah. Well, and again, I wish I had found some of the older newspaper articles. Yeah. Anything that happened during this time frame. To see what the speculation was. Mm-hmm. You know, what were they? Did they put it together or was that only maybe after the fact? Like I said, I'd seen this maybe in Reddit where they were speculating. Yeah. But again, like I said, no suspects except possibly one in a case. Yeah, and you had to be careful with Reddit because they, they could speculate a lot for sure. Uh, they probably speculate a lot like we do sometimes. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. All right, well, continuing on. We have East Haven Jane Doe, which was found by a truck, who was found by a truck driver floating in a drainage ditch mm. in East Haven, Connecticut, on August sixteenth, nineteen seventy-five. The drainage ditch was behind the former Bradleys, B R A D L E E S. Sorry, I'm. I know I'm. I'm spelling so much this episode, but I just want to make, make sure that everybody knows in case they want to look anything up. And it was behind the department, that department store on Frontage Road. Now, East Haven is about 50 miles from Vernon, and it looks like it's pretty much due south from Vernon. Okay, okay. So not quite in the same area. Now, authorities estimated that she had been dead for four days 
and had been killed somewhere else and dumped in the ditch. Mm-hmm. And she had died from asphyxiation. Okay, so this is a little bit different than the other two. A little bit. As she was wrapped in a tarp, gagged and bound with black antenna wire around her neck, waist, and knees. Mm-hmm. She's was Caucasian, 18 to 28 years old, 5'5 five, five to 5'6, five, and weighed 125 pounds. Her hair and eyes were brown. She was wearing a silver metal circlet earrings, circle mm-hmm. earrings, mm-hmm. and she may have had a small mole under her chin and possibly plastic surgery on her nose. Uh, authorities don't believe she was from the area. White paint was found on the tarp, indicating the murderer may have been somehow connected with painting oh, yeah. in the painting trade. Mm-hmm. Um, the information, This information came from Doe Network, where you can find a drawing reconstructing her face. Okay, okay. Now, at the time when they found her, her face was still recognizable. Mm-hmm. So I, I would assume this drawing is fairly accurate. Yes. So, because, I mean, I'm sure, how many years has it been? You said 1975, so it's been a long time since it, then. Yeah, it has been a long time. All right. Okay, what do, what sticks out is some similar yes to you guys in all these cases. So I'm just curious. So let me see. I mean, the mo definitely kind of fit well with the I guess the missing girls, the ages. I mean, there's two 13 year olds and a seven year old. So I mean, that's a little bit different, but I mean, you can't deny the two 13s. With the murder cases, I would say um, maybe the uh, oh what was it? It was oh yeah sorry what we were just talking about. It was the way they died. It was from blunt force trauma. But then also, I mean, this was uh, very close to each other. Like you said, all of these were from Vernon or like, what, 50 miles away up to four miles. Like it was, it's very close to one another. Yes. What am I missing? Thomas, am I missing anything? I apologize. I'm currently just monitoring our audio. So I've been in and out on the discussion. So yes. please continue between yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> continue the discussion. So what am I missing, Rhonda? Uh, well, hang on. I don't think I mentioned it. and I don't see it in my notes, but I believe Susan and Patricia were about 20 years old uh, they were young young yeah. women and but uh, again i'm looking through and unfortunately i don't see it in my notes but mm-hmm. young okay what i'm thinking or what i see what jumps out at me okay is the months oh the yeah months what were the months again yeah okay tell me. we had uh okay for deborah it was july 68 for janice it was july 73 oh my god for lisa it was now this one is different yeah november of 74 okay uh, Susan was June 75. So summer, like there have been a lot of summers here. Patricia, July 78. And then the East Haven Jane Doe was August of 75. All summer, like it's all very similar months and stuff. I'm wondering if it could have been someone who was maybe a seasonal worker. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the economy of Connecticut, certainly in the mid-70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they could have had seasonal work. I mean... I'm sure. I, I don't know. I really don't know. But I feel that's like everybody my, would. That's my speculation. Well, I mean, I I think that's a really interesting note. But like like you said too. I mean, along with that similarity, I mean, the date or like you know the dates, the way that these women you know were killed or like you know the ages. I don't know. It all seems like they could be connected to me. And I just I want it as a true crime enthusiast myself. I do want all of them to be connected. That way you can just tie it up in a nice bow and we could find somebody. You know. Find one person. One person that fits everything. I understand. <sighs> I, I wish it were that easy. Me too. And maybe at some point, you know, uh, with the progress made in the DNA researching. Yes. Maybe something could be found because... Um, I wonder why they haven't released any of the DNA yet. I wonder if they're just a, it's just such a big backlog that they haven't even really gotten to test it yet. 
Maybe. I mean, like I said, the the two articles I had found were, you know, obviously years ago. Yeah. And I have found no further updates. So either maybe the DNA was too degraded to use. Let's send it to Authorum. You remember Authorum from a few cases ago, the Patricia Gildewee case? Let's send it to Authorum. They could do all that, uh, the minuscule amount of DNA they could, you know, find stuff with. But I don't know. It just, it's upsetting, Rhonda. I wish we could find somebody for those. Well, you know, there's hope. There I mean, is hope. They had gone back and, like I said, pulled some inf- or pulled some evidence out of Patricia's old apartment. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, maybe there's hope that they can find. And or, I'm sorry, we're well, not Patricia's. It sorry, was I said of, Patricia for the other one there. It was Susan's. So maybe. And then, of course, they had Susan's and Patricia's remains. Maybe they could find something there. Yeah. Uh, let Let's hope. Let's I don't hope. know. That's that's very interesting, Rhonda. I, I like. Um, these kinds of cases are very interesting to talk about because you never know what you know the answer may be. Well, I'll definitely keep an eye out. I mean, I go back and look periodically at some of our old cases to see if we have any updates, yes. like the uh, Molly and Colt yeah. episode. That was interesting. So I, I'll definitely keep an eye out and see if anything progresses on these. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I guess we can... Let me just wrap this up with Sounds their descriptions. Good. Deborah is Caucasian with brown hair and brown eyes. At the time of her disappearance, she was 5'5 and weighed 125 pounds. She was wearing a white sleeveless shirt, a homemade or homemade dark green polka dot shorts with no pockets, and white low-top sneakers. Deborah would now be 68. Mm-hmm. Janice is Caucasian with blonde hair and blue eyes. At the time of her disappearance, she was 4 feet tall and weighed 65 pounds. Janice was wearing navy blue shorts with an imprinted American flag and star design blue and white striped pullover shirt, white socks, and blue sneakers. Janice would now be 57 years old. Lisa is Caucasian with blonde hair and blue eyes. She has a small pock mark on her forehead above her right eye. At the time of her disappearance, she was 5 foot and weighed 110 pounds. Lisa was wearing green pants and a blue denim jacket. Lisa would now be 61 years old. If you have any information regarding Deborah or Lisa's disappearance or the murders of Susan or Patricia, contact the Vernon Police Department at 860-872-9126. If you have information regarding Janice's disappearance, contact the Connecticut State Police at 860-685-8000. And if you have information regarding the East Haven Doe, contact East Haven Police Department at 203 203- Four six eight three eight two seven, and you can see age-progressed pictures of Deborah, Janice, and Lisa on Charlie Project and Doe Network. And as always, links to sources will be included in the show notes, and I've also included a link to Connecticut's open cold cases. Pictures of victims and a description of each case can be found there. Deborah, Janice, and Lisa are included. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate everything you guys do. So continue to like, comment, subscribe, share, let the world know about us, and we will keep doing episodes. And thank you again. See you next week.